Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And then the next step is to recognize that, number one, all behavior makes sense in its context, because in that moment, you did what you thought was best, right? Yes, if you had made a different choice, maybe there would have been a different outcome. But how can you acknowledge that? And how can you understand yourself? And how can you forgive yourself and work on loving yourself in that moment? And when you're able to do that, then you can start exercising it in relationships. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hey there, and thank you for joining me for another episode. This conversation ahead is so good. I know I say that about all of the guests that I get to sit with. I think one of the most powerful things we can do is to tell stories. Stories about ourselves, stories about others in the world. And through these stories, we begin to make sense of ourselves and also our experiences. We are made of stories. And by telling them and also hearing others' stories, they're healing not just for the people who can sit in the common humanity of it, but they're also so healing for ourselves. This is something that I truly love about therapy, about being in the position that I'm in as a therapist, and also in my own work that I've done in therapy. Each time we tell a story, we might uncover a new piece of it. It's why I remind clients that just because we've tackled something once in session doesn't mean it's healed or resolved and that we should never talk about it again. Instead, actually, we revisit an experience and our reactions and our thoughts and feelings that come up with it many times in order to process it. It's almost like when you show up into my therapy room here the first time, you might not notice a book on the shelf. And then you come in again, and then you notice this book and you notice the position it's in. And then maybe the next time you notice the quote on my wall. But each time we revisit a story, 
is a chance for us to process it a little bit deeper. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode 38 on anger and shame. And today's conversation, we're going to deepen our understanding of shame and just how important it is to acknowledge. I am so thrilled for today's guest. Today, I'm sitting with Dr. Zoe Shaw, a licensed psychotherapist, motivational speaker, podcast host, life coach, and fitness fanatic. She is passionate about helping women who struggle in difficult relationships, especially that sometimes difficult relationship with themselves. After 15 years in traditional psychotherapy practice, Dr. Zoe jumped off the couch and now helps women using a different modality with a mix of virtual therapy, coaching services, and programs designed specifically for women trying to have it all who sometimes struggle in the superwoman game. I can relate to that. Dr. Zoe is a graduate of UCLA and Pepperdine University. She's a frequent blogger and she writes about helping women redefine their superwoman and loves answering women's burning questions at her advice column at the Grit and Grace Project, which is an online women's magazine. You can find her in the media at Dr. Zoe Shaw. And I know she also has a book coming out next year, and this is going to be one that we are going to want to add to our read list. Let's go into today's episode. Dr. Zoe, thank you for joining me here on the podcast. I'm so excited to jump thank into our you. conversation today. I'm so glad to be here. We'll be open and transparent with the listeners that you and I have just recorded for your podcast. <laughs> yes. And so we've already been hanging out and talking about so many. I mean, I think these are the things that fill us up and mm-hmm. and excite us and are like these bucket filler moments of Absolutely. what it means to sit in change and growth and places that we get stuck in. Mm-hmm. So before we go into talking about shame and those hard moments in our relationship, maybe you can tell us about you and what you're working on right now and what's coming up. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I am a mom of five. I live in sunny California. I'm a psychotherapist for a whole lot of years. <laughs> I don't even know how many anymore, 20 some And, you know, I had a deep history with shame, which I didn't even know. I didn't know I even had a deep history with shame until maybe, you know, 10 years ago. And I grew up in a very fundamental Christian home. I also grew up as the only Black kid in a farming white community. And I had a lot of identity, both like religious identity, racial identity issues, And I struggled a lot in childhood, you know, many of us do. I got pregnant when I was 15 years old, which was a crazy scandal in my family, but we kept it super secret. My parents sent me away to unwed mother's home and I had to give my child up for adoption. So that really started my shame spiral. I was also very academically advanced and I was an athlete. And so I was able to place my daughter for adoption come back home, put on the facade, pretend like nothing happened and go back to my super high achiever self. And what happened was shame just dove deep and stayed under the surface. And so, you know, I became a you know great track athlete, scholarship to UCLA, competed internationally, all those kinds of things. I got married, had my children, did my studies, became a therapist. And it took some years for me to kind of start to unravel. And that happens to a lot of people. There comes a point where their shame story hits a trigger 
And then there's this unraveling. For me, it was when I had my daughter. So I had two boys and then I had a, a daughter who in my mind I felt would be kind of my replacement for the daughter that I placed for adoption. And she was born with a severe genetic disorder. And I decided that God was punishing me for that. And that's where kind of my my shame hit that trigger. And when things started to really unwind for me. And so there was a long history, a long journey of working through my shame, of figuring out what was going on psychologically in my relationships, in my work. And I had to really come to a place where I was willing to break all of the molds, all of the shoulds, all of the facades and the identities that I had held so tightly so that I could really finally show up as myself and love myself and forgive myself and work through uh, what I call complex shame. And so that's really the impetus for my book is because I've also maybe energetically drawn clients who have similar shame stories. And so as I've worked with other women who have been struggling in difficult relationships, often because they have the shame story and the shame story sabotages them. That's kind of the impetus for this book. It's not going to come out for a year, but that I wrote. It was also the impetus for my book, A Year of Self-Care, because, you know, right before COVID, I kind of came to this place of burnout and I was doing everything for everyone. I was the mom, I was the, you know, the full-time therapist and I was running a home and running a couple businesses and just feeling completely burned out. And that was the impetus for my first book, A Year of Self-Care, to really help someone dive into what does self-care mean and mm-hmm. how can we do that in a 365 kind of way that's not about bubble baths and, you know, luxurious things, but how can we do it in our everyday way? So I really feel like self-care is even just an aspect of treating your shame as well. So important of being able to look after yourself and to Mm -hmm. nurture that part. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you are sharing your story and how powerful it is for us to peel back that curtain Mm -hmm. of here's a therapist, here's a professional and also how deeply human and the struggle that you've experienced. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Factor. There are many times in the week when I need to phone it in for dinner. It's been a full day of clients, the kids are having big feelings, or I'm just tired. But I don't just want to reach for fast food. I want something that is delicious, ready to eat, affordable, and includes a nutritious meal. And factors ready to eat meals, snacks like my go-to midday bites and smoothies all meet what I am looking for. Factors pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals are delivered right to your door. It doesn't get any easier than that. And I love that they have over 35 different options a week to choose from. And they have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Something I'm really conscious about right now is my budgeting around food. So Factor has done the math for us and it is less expensive than takeout and it doesn't compromise on nutrition and taste. Plus, there's so much flexibility. You can choose from six to 18 meals per week and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Join me and take the extra load out of meal prep and menu planning. Head to factormeals.com slash I-N-Y-S 50 
and use the code they've gifted to my community, INYS50, to get 50% off. That's code INYS50 at factormeals.com slash INYS50 and save 50% off and make this week's meal planning and menu so much easier. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. For someone who is listening and saying, I don't know if I have a shame spiral. I don't know what that even looks like. Where would they start? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to first understand the difference between guilt and shame. And so, you know, Brene Brown has done a fantastic job of kind of delineating that. But for any of you guys who haven't heard that and don't know and understand, guilt, I think, is to some extent can be a healthy response to I've done something wrong, right? We do things, we make mistakes. And so it's just like all of our emotions tell us stuff and give us information. Guilt says I've done something wrong. And so with guilt, there's something you can do about it. You can fix it. You can apologize. You can change. And it's not who you are. Shame kind of dives a little deeper. And I think shame comes up often earlier in our lives because shame says that you are wrong. And guilt can morph into shame for sure. So you can have guilt that morphs into shame, or you can just have shame that this kind of starts there with a message that you as a person are wrong. And the the difficult thing with shame is that if you are wrong, you can't fix it. And so that's kind of what your brain thinks is, okay, this is who I am. And so because it's who I am, there's nothing I can do except hide it because I don't want people to know that this is who I am. And so we hide it. And so everyone, and shame we know shows up as early as like, one even. It's very early that children can be shamed for things. And sometimes it's just in the countenance of a mother's face that drops, you know, um, when looking at a child. And then we are also susceptible differently. So one of the things that I've started to kind of look at is why do some people feel shame and project it out, right? And then other people feel shame and project it in. And I really feel like it's a temperament thing. So Uh everyone's born with a temperament, which is kind of like a propensity. Uh And we can't change that necessarily. But our personality is something that develops over time. And it develops in reaction to our temperament, which exists at birth, and our environment, right? And so some people tend to be kind of internalizers, and some people tend to be externalizers. So externalizers will generally take shame, which we all come across at some point in our life, and they push it away. They push it outside. So they blame. They're defensive. They're going to say, nope, not my problem, not me. That's you. Internalizers say, oh, okay, that's me. Like, I'm the bad one. It's all it's my, my fault. fault. Yeah, I have to, you know, do something or change or the, tend mm. to be the kind of the people pleasers, right? Now, that's just neither here nor there. If we talk about kind of a, a run of the mill, what I'd call simple shame. But when we look into toxic shame, People who are externalizers tend to develop personality disorders, right? Like narcissism or borderline, that type of thing. People who are internalizers with the same type of toxic shame 
will tend to develop what I call complex shame. And they're the ones that the shame goes very deep and it very much affects the way that they show up in life. So they are going to tend to be the codependents. They're going to tend to be the ones who feel like everything is their fault and that at their core, they're more aware of feeling at their core a sense of worthlessness. That makes sense. So Mm. if you are in relationship and you're often feeling that everything is your fault, you're feeling that you can't show up as your authentic self, that you have to hide who you are, that when conflicts come, that you're the person that has to be responsible for fixing it. Um, When you believe your partner's stories, that on one level, you feel like that's not really me, but you tend to just take it on because your partner says, you may be experiencing some type of complex shame. I'm thinking of one of my children. So yes, the temperament is so interesting for us Mm -hmm. to take a look at. And I remember as early as 15 months old, something would happen and he would run the other way or go and hide in the corner. Yeah. And there wasn't an ounce of shaming coming from me. Right. It was, right? It was a loud noise happened because he knocked over the blocks. Yeah. And then that was not what he wanted or expected, of course, and then would run away. And so it's interesting because as, as I've come to learn, he's a deep feeler. He's a highly mm-hmm. sensitive child mm-hmm. and then very much that internalizer. And it's so interesting. And I think we need to see this. Actually, it's a story I talk about in my book about Peter, um, one half of a couple I see. And while I don't know for sure, I believe he might have been a highly sensitive child. Mm -hmm. But in the environment he was in, he was taught to push down all of his emotions. He was shamed for having feelings. Um, I talk about um, an interaction with his father at one point that really led him to shut everything down Mm -hmm. and to shut down the face of any emotion. And that environment didn't nurture who he is. Mm-hmm. to help them facilitate moving forward in connection with others. And right. so then now the dynamic in the relationship is anytime his partner is trying to connect with him and talk to him, he shuts down and runs away. And like mm-hmm. those feelings are just too much. Right. Can't go there. Right. And right. underneath so much of that, at one point, I, I talked about it in the book, we get to this point of where he's really critical of himself because mm-hmm. underneath that, he just feels so much shame. Absolutely. Right. You know, I I love that you just gave the explanation of your son because that is just who he is. That is his tendency. And that's something he's going to need to learn and understand over his lifetime. But that little boy put in another environment, you know, that isn't healthy, that is shaming purposefully in some way, shape or form, or does have a lot of trauma, he would develop complex shame. You know, it's kind of that spectrum where we, we all have shame. And there's a healthy, if we're going to use that word, but I would say simple way that shame shows up in our life and we just have to deal with it. And then there's the extremes, which is the toxic shame when you're either an externalizer or an internalizer with your toxic shame. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in people who experience complex shame is just what you explained with Peter, is that there's this difficulty of showing up as yourself. And so you're in relationships and there's 
often this facade or this inability to kind of connect on a deep level. And it's not because you don't have all these feelings and all these thoughts. And, and it's not because you don't have a drive to really connect deeply with your partner. It's because it's so scary because you feel that at your core, you're not good or worthy. And so you want to hide that from a partner. He would, you imagine if they knew, then they wouldn't love me. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you're sitting in a relationship and your partner's loving you. And there's a part of you that cannot feel love because you know that they don't love the real you because you've chosen not to show it. And I think that's one of the biggest ways that our complex shame sabotages relationships. And one of the most healing things is when you're able to take that thing that you're so, so afraid of your partner knowing or understanding about you and you put it on the table and your partner loves you anyway. That is one of the things and one of the practices that you can do to start working on that in a relationship. Now, that being said, you have to know your partner. You Mm. have to do it in a safe way. You have to understand the dynamics in your relationship. But when you work to get to that place, that's where some of the healing can begin. But first, you have to kind of do it with yourself. You have to be able to put that on the table with yourself and say, and I love you anyway, and I accept you anyway. And the other thing with complex shame is recognizing, especially when it comes to trauma where there was a perpetrator who inflicted it on you. Because what happens often is that with trauma comes a sense of blame, right? And in the therapy room, so many therapists are so quick to say, it's not your fault, right? We want to alleviate someone's own sense of blaming. And what I found is, although it's loving for a therapist to do that, it's not helpful Mm-hmm. because the client just kind of switches and they might say, oh yeah, yeah, I know it's not my fault. But inside they can think of that split second. They can think of that one thing that they did to contribute to the trauma and they cannot take that on. And so what I like to help people do, especially if they are aware or maybe not even necessarily aware that they're dealing with shame is to go ahead and go back and say, okay, I know that I have this self-blaming tendency. Let me look at all the things maybe in that moment or, you know, in my child, all the ways that I did contribute. And this feels kind of scary and this feels painful. And it almost feels like you're victim blaming. But what you're doing is you're honoring what your brain automatically does, right? Mm. And so you can go ahead and say, okay, I could have done this and I could have done this. And, you know, if I had done this, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And then the next step is to recognize that number one, all behavior makes sense in its context, because in that moment, You did what you thought was best, right? Yes, if you had made a different choice, maybe there would have been a different outcome. But how can you acknowledge that? And how can you understand yourself? And how can you forgive yourself and work on loving yourself in that moment? And when you're able to do that, then you can start exercising it in relationships. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I love what you're doing here because I think sometimes as a defense to protect the vulnerable parts of us, Mm -hmm. we say we need couples therapy. Mm, Yes. Instead of sometimes, and and please, I, I, for people listening, couples therapy and family therapy, that is so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And totally. individual work is also so important because if we show up, in, and many people do, if we show up into the couples therapy space, being guarded and defended and not ready, willing, or even trusting with the other person, right? So I can do couples work and continue to do it and do it in session after session. And if we're stuck, if you're not ready to go to a place, mm-hmm. then you need to do that individual work because that has to show up in a vulnerable, open, authentic, yes. raw way with the other person in order to create some of that movement, right? That sometimes we're going to, I don't know, what do you think about that? I'm kind of just, as I heard you talk about that, I was like, oh gosh, that's self-work. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because as you were talking, I was thinking about my own experience in couples therapy with my husband. And we almost had an unspoken, we never actually said it, but we had this unspoken agreement that we're not going to talk about certain things because we didn't talk about them in our marriage. We didn't talk about them outside the therapy room. And so we went into this therapy and this couple's therapy and we talked and we did all these things, but we couldn't even get vulnerable with ourselves outside of our marriage or inside. And so the therapist couldn't help us with things that we weren't willing to even address. But in my own individual therapy, right, I was able to talk about those things and I was able to work on healing. And so I completely agree with you that sometimes We've got to just focus on our individual work. And when we've gotten to a level that maybe we can talk about things as a couple, then we can move into, into couples therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm That's thinking good. too, I mean, gosh, how if our partner is, and I'm thinking of some of those experiences in the couple therapy room where I'm doing the deeper individual work with mm-hmm. a client. I show that with Lydia and Sam in the book. That deeper individual work there within that couple space was so powerful. And so it's important for us to remember that our healing doesn't have to happen on our own without and doing this with another person is even more important of being able to do that. Absolutely. Yes. What helps us to build then a connected relationship? And I'm thinking of a lot of my community Mm -hmm. come here saying my partner is not ready to do this work. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of women who I talk about working on your marriage by yourself. 
when you feel like you're in a marriage where your husband's not willing to go to therapy, your husband's not willing to go to couples or individual, and yet you still have a commitment to this relationship. And so I feel like when you talk about connecting, it's almost having to move away from the relationship to come back to the relationship. Because there's this psychological thing that when we have a partner who's moving this way, and for those who are listening, I'm taking my hand and I'm like moving it away. And then what our tendency to do is to follow them, right? Is to come this way. And then there's the reaction, right? Right, right. We were just talking about this on another podcast. It's the imbalance mm-hmm. and that imbalance. Can, can I use this as like a physics meta? I did not take physics in high school. It was the totally one physics, time, right? But like <laughs> yeah. when one moves away, it creates yes. an imbalance and the other one comes towards it, right? Absolutely. It's totally physics. And that's our natural response is to move towards and glom on and it's anxiety, right? An anxious mm-hmm. attachment kind of response. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, how can I increase connection? How can I? And actually what you need to do is sit and you need to kind of take a metaphorical or real deep breath and ask yourself, how can I care for myself? How can I connect with myself? How can I look at what's going on in me? And if we look at that whole Venn diagram, when we think of interdependence versus codependence, we Mm. were were just talking about Mm -hmm. on the other podcast, you know, I love it when you look at it as a Venn diagram, because you have two separate circles. One is you, one is your partner, and there should be a healthy part where you guys connect. and, And that's where the interdependence is, is that healthy part that's you, that's the we, but the bigger circle is the you and what you will find. And even if you think of, um, Esther Perel's concept of it's same kind of the same thing. Connection goes by you going inside of yourself, mm. you figuring out how to care for yourself and separate. Because mm-hmm. when you do separate to a certain extent in a healthy way, not in a defensive, right. old way, but when you separate in a healthy way, what you'll find is that your partner naturally comes towards you. It's the finding intimacy with yourself. Yes. To then give intimacy to your partner. Right. If you can't sit with that part of you and knowing you and, and this is especially true for parents is, um, my husband and I were recently talking about this actually around how after having kids, he would say, okay, I get it. You need time on your own. Why don't, you know, and this is, of, this is just a lack of awareness. I think even on both of our parts, yeah. he would say to me, why don't you go get groceries? I'll, I'll save the kids. <laughs> as, as if Yay, like getting groceries on my trip. own is like the, the gift, right? And we both laugh about it now. Yeah. And, and truthfully, I was like, gosh, that it would be so good. I'd love to get groceries by myself and not have That's a crying true. baby on me. And then I would go get groceries and come back home and think, why do I feel still disconnected with me because that's not a true connection with the self, with my Mm -hmm. identity. Right. And so then what Esther, I remember hearing her talk about this as well. She'd said, as parents, we go out and it's like, I start maybe with like looking for a book for myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, but then I'm in the toy section and then I'm picking up the new outfit and the sunscreen. And before I know it, I have a whole bag for the kids and nothing for myself. Yes. Where is the connection with us? Yeah. And being able to say, I'm going to put my family and partner to the side while I fill my own bucket and while I nurture that circle of just me. Mm-hmm. And then when I come back to the relationship, I have more to give and there's more excitement and connectivity exactly. and intimacy. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Yes, that's beautiful. And it feels 
kind of, it's paradoxical. It really is that way, but it feels very scary to be in a place where you're feeling distance from your partner and to think, wait, if I come the other way, there's going to be no hope. We're just going to continue to separate. And actually it is very paradoxical because if you ground yourself, if you care for yourself, if you go inside, then you will have, like you said, more to give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel there's an energy. Every relationship has energy. It's an energetic exchange. And our partner feels that energy when we are connecting deeply with ourselves. Dr. Zoe, I don't think many therapists that I've sit with have talked about energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that's something important for us to acknowledge is that there is this connectivity right. and that we can, you know, I'm even thinking about this common experience where your partner gets home and they're in a bad mood and you're excited to see them. And then you're in a bad mood. Yes. Yeah. And you get pulled down and you're like, okay, I guess we're just in this bad mood. And and it's the, the bouncing back and forth of mm-hmm. what we're experiencing. Well, it's the internalization, externalization, right? It's the, like, mm-hmm. we personalize it and we start to think, oh, it's about me. They're upset with me. And then we're like moving towards them rather than creating that differentiation. Yes. Of you are having a tough time. This is your stuff. You're allowed to have your stuff. Can I support you in any way? No, you don't want my support in any way. I'm here when you need me. It's not my stuff. I'm still going to be listening to my music and making dinner or like, you know, doing my thing. And when you want to come talk to me, I'm here. I look at that as almost the definition of interdependence and codependence. Mm -hmm. So what you said, I feel like one of those definitions I give of codependency is your partner is upset. And so you feel we're upset as if there's no difference between your partner and yourself. But when your partner can be upset and you can have empathy for your partner and recognize he's upset, maybe how can I support him? Or do I need to just kind of give him his space? That's a healthy interdependence. Mm, I love that example. And that one is so easy. Like it's, we can click into that being like, yes, there's two separate parts here. Right. And because you're so deeply connected, you're going to feel that energy. It's Mm -hmm. not that you shouldn't feel it or won't feel it because, and sometimes you can feel it miles away. You can feel it across the country, just in a hello, right? (laughs) You can feel that energy from your partner. And that's good because that gives you information about how you can support your partner. But what you shouldn't do with that energy is take it on as if it is your own, because Um. that's when number one, it's codependent, but number two, you're not able to help your partner. If you sink into the very same place that he is, if you stay where you are, then you're actually more available for your partner. I love that. If you stay where you are, stay Mm -hmm. where you are, you're more available. So you're on the journey of writing this book. You're Mm -hmm. almost finished writing the first draft. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) And that feeling in your gut when you get there, I'm so excited for you. And so you're going to walk us through your journey of healing shame, working through shame. I'm so excited to read it. Maybe you could give us a piece here of what do you think was the biggest part for you to work through shame? You know, what it was for me is speaking those things that I previously thought were unspeakable. And it actually happened. And I I talk about it in my book. In one of the chapters of my book, it was when my father died. Mm. 
And my father dying was, I mean, it was a transformative experience for me because my father held kind of the authority of, you know, all of like the fundamental Christian ideas and a lot of my shame of not being good enough. And he also, unbeknownst to him, my father was an amazing man, but unbeknownst to him, he was kind of the reason why I kept the secret. And I didn't know unbeknownst to me too, but when he died, somehow I was able to gain this freedom that allowed me to speak the things that I wasn't able to speak before. And I actually told my family at his funeral, it's crazy, um, because my daughter showed up and my book will delineate all of this, how we got to that point after placing her mm -hmm. pronouns. And, and I spoke for the first time and told them that I had a daughter that they didn't know existed. Um, and in speaking that and the world not falling apart, right? And nothing changing. And the story that I held inside of me for so long, mm. that was the beginning point of my healing. That was not my healing though. And a lot of people think that, and Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, you know, and, and empathy kind of being the healing. It's a start point. Well, it can be a healing for simple shame. It's a start point for complex shame. So just the very start of the race, because you've got to do a lot of steps after that and take action because there's a lot of healing that has to be done. But for me, that was my turning point is being able to speak the things and go against the grain, which was really going against my own story, my own internal story about who I was and what I meant and the you know, where my place was in the world. And when I was finally able to go against that, my healing began. <laughs> Oh, I'm moved. I'm so grateful to have just had this opportunity to sit with you and connect with you. This is such a gift, Dr. Mm -hmm. Zoe. Thank you. Thank you. Where Dr. can people find you? Yeah, so I'm pretty much everywhere on social media at Dr. Zoe Shaw. Uh, Instagram is my jam. So I love to communicate with people. Happy to interact with you and DMs. Um, and then my website is also drzoeshaw.com. I know that you are helping and healing women and couples all over the world. So thank you for your amazing work. Thank you so much. Well, you're going to bring me to tears as we're wrapping up here. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.